Welcome, everybody, to Catfish Weekly, presented by Whistler Apparel, along with Chuck Davis and Doc Lang. I'm Lyle Stokes, and uh, we're going to talk about cold water and transitioning uh, catfishing on as the weather changes. How's it going tonight, fellas? Pretty good. Good, good. Waiting on this weather to cool down. It seems like summer's just lingering on, and it's never going to go away. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's cooled up up here. It's it's a little cooler up here today than it has been, but um, I haven't been out in it, so it doesn't really make any difference. Yeah, we're still in the 80s here. What's the water temperature? Uh, when I was out Sunday, I was getting uh, on the Coosa between 67 and 70. Yeah, it's down in the 60s here on the Ohio. Yeah, we didn't have any current. Uh, they're feeding a little bit of current at a time uh, just to satisfy the, the generation schedule. There's We hadn't had enough rain for anything. We're having a lot of, you know, forest fires and stuff down here. And, um, you know, that has a lot to do with the fish activity. You know, it's like the Dead Sea out there. There's just nothing going on. No rain, yeah. no current. Yeah. Yeah, if you go out on the Ohio right now, the wind will blow you right up river. Yeah, that's what was going on with us. The only, only activity we was getting was the leaves blowing on top of the water. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go out Wednesday. I think I'm going to go fishing Wednesday. So. Yeah, we got a, a bunch of guys are trying to get a... Uh, a $25 winner takes all uh, fruit jar tournament going on Saturday on Wheeler. Um, it sounds like it'd be pretty fun. I may go up there and mess around with them guys up there on around the uh, Ditto area on the river. Hmm. Well, that sounds like a pretty good time. I mean, anytime you get a bunch of guys to get together and have a good time, that's all that matters. Yeah. 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 Nobody nobody's reliable for anybody. You just throw your money in an envelope. Nobody's in charge except the person holding the money. And uh just go out and have a good time and come back and if you're lucky enough to be the one that walks away with the money, you're you did good. <laughs> That sounds like that'd be a lot of fun, though. Pretty good time. Pretty good time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when absolutely. you got when you got a bunch of guys that you know are a bunch of good guys, and you can trust them, and you know they won't be no cheating and no stuff like that going on. Um, it's always a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I see, uh, and I, I'll just go well, ahead and jump right in here. Uh, I've got the uh, results for the uh, JKV championships. If you want me to go ahead and put them out there. All right, go ahead. Uh, first place, uh, Dale Kearns and Greg Edwards, 122.3 pounds. Had a big fish of 68.9 pounds. Well, that, that's pretty good for the Ohio River. Good deal. Casey They were in second with 64.3 pounds, and Adam Winder and Kelly Cressy, uh, 63.2 pounds. Uh, the anglers of the year were the Kings, Wayne, Jennifer, and Connor. So there's one. Congratulations to those guys. Yeah. So, and I believe that the Kings had the big fish of the year, which was a 69 pound uh, blue cat. So, looked like uh, Josh had a pretty outstanding championship down there. So, hats off to all those guys that, uh, guys and gals that caught fish. Yeah, it, was, it was pretty windy Saturday. Yeah, it's it? a... 
That's a that's a pretty good time, and I know the Kings they well deserved victory there. That's a, a family effort. Yeah, Jennifer, they uh, they work really hard to, to put things together, and uh, Connor now that boy can catch some fish, can he? Yeah. Oh yeah, his sponsor's proud too. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Rob and I are very pleased with everything that young man does. He's quiet and polite, uh, as nice as, as any any young man could be, and uh, uh, he makes us proud every time he hits the water, and it doesn't matter if he wins, it doesn't matter if he catches fish. He just makes us proud because of the person that he is, and uh, uh, that comes from being raised correctly. Uh he has to have a little of that instilled in him. I understand that, but uh, the boy is, has been raised right. He loves his sports. He, it's not just foot. It's not just fishing either. He, he very much enjoys a lot of other sports, and he's very good at all of them. But uh, he is uh, he is the future of catfishing, along with several other uh, of the youngsters that are coming up. But uh, Connor has a very bright future in his sport, and we're very proud of him. You don't have you got any results, Chuck, or anything? No, I don't have any results or anything. Um, the, don't Vance have his last uh, event of the year on Saturday? The Dallas. Yeah, his champ. Yeah, his uh, championship is this Saturday out of Schmidt Ranch. You gonna you gonna fish in it? No, I gotta work. Oh, they changed. My, they changed. Yeah, they changed my weekends on me again i was supposed to i was going to fish it and then they changed my weekend so i got work this weekend uh, yeah work comes Too first bad. that's yeah. gonna be a, that's gonna be a really good time yeah that um yeah that uh bank and them they're gonna miss this last one too correct yeah yeah he he's not gonna be able to fish yeah, that's that's pretty. He bad. was on he was on the water Saturday. He had his twin granddaughters on the water. He was going to take them fishing, but they ended up doing a bunch of boat driving. They liked driving the boat around. Cool. So. Good stuff. It is. That's and it's a great time of the year to get those kids out there, whether you're fishing or not. And if they fish and they catch something, that's a bonus. But just to get out there and, and spend a little time with them on the water is very relaxing and uh, makes them feel good. And I know Janet and Bink had a good time with that. Yeah. And the fish are biting pretty good on the Ohio right now, even though it is a lake. Uh, they're biting pretty good. Flatheads are starting to uh, they're starting to put the feed bag on. Good, that's good. awesome. It, that's when awesome. It, when it gets down there around sixty-five degrees, they really start gorging down. Yeah, yeah. I well, Justin Connors. I know he was fishing the area that I normally fish, and uh, he he had some nice he had some nice flatheads. They caught a real nice blue. So I know the area that he fishes, I know that's where he was guiding, and uh, I think he had a couple, two or three people from Pennsylvania with him. So uh, I think they did pretty good. He had some nice pictures of flatheads. Good deal. Yeah, that's he's always doing catch. This is one of my favorite times to fish right now. Uh, you know, you, live cut bait. Uh, they're pretty much, you know, pretty much you can find them pretty easy right now. If if there be just a little bit of current, it makes it even better. But the Ohio isn't. Uh, this time of year is not known to have current. Uh, when a barge goes by, that's about the only current you're going to get. <laughs> oh, yeah. You fire your trolling motor up and make your own current. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm I don't want to be do that. I anchor down. When it's a lake? Yeah. 
especially this time of year, the water's cooling down. Uh, you know, I'm looking for drop-offs and stuff like that, uh, ledges, and I'll anchor down. I, I hate to do it, but, uh, you know, throw a live bait out there, throw, you know, cut skipjack. Uh, even shad's really good right now. Shad, live shad, dead shad, definitely a ticket on the Ohio right now. Yeah, this is the time of year I love focusing on hunts. Mm -hmm. Humps seem to be great this time of year. This is uh, one of the topics that we was going to address tonight is, is fall fishing and transitioning water and stuff like that. And, and, and one of the things that happens uh, that I've noticed is uh, it seems like you can catch fit, uh, cats on uh, skipjack pretty much year-round. But in the winter time and fall and early spring, uh, for me, a lot of times shad is a more preferred bait than even skipjack. Yeah. Yeah. And the bigger they are, the better they like them. And they're easier to get right now because they ball up. Yeah, especially when the water gets cool, it kind of triggers them. That makes it a lot easier to find them, and when you find them, you usually don't have to throw a hundred times to get them. You can pitch a net out there two or three times and and have enough for a day. And uh, the water's cool enough that if you've got any kind of uh, big live well or bait tank, you can throw them in there. And if you want to keep them alive, you can do that. Uh, and if you just want to cut them up, you can throw them on ice either one. But ice stays good forever. You don't have to have a high dollar cooler this time of year. It just stays good for the whole day. Yeah. And when you put the you put the shad in in your live well, you know if you keep if you have a live well or bait well, uh, they don't get all stressed out like they normally would when waters were a lot warmer. That's true. That's true, and, and it's a it's a great time to put some of that uh, fish life additive in there, and them babies will stay content all day long. Uh, that's they they've got some wonderful products, and anybody that hasn't tried that needs to because it's it's really good. And uh, we had a chance here a while back to use it. Might have been when we was fishing the dog had a fish's bleed a little bit, and you put some of that that uh, stuff that helps them stop from bleeding on there. It's just it works really well. Yeah. I think that uh, the bait transition and, and um, there's a lot of times that I've noticed that the, uh, the fish, when you're fishing, uh, if the sun pops out after it's been under for a few days, you can usually go up in the shallow and drift the shallows in. Uh, as long as the water temperature is up and pretty much uh, eating fish, if you want to, once in a while you say can get it. Yeah, the other thing that happens this time of year seems like they like sand. The other thing that happens this time of year is uh, if we get a warming trend where you get a day that gets really uh, a nice lot of sunshine and stuff. It'll uh, heat them rocks up along the bank, and then uh, shad will move in to that little bit warmer water, and then uh, uh, the cats move in right behind them. Yeah, so well, don't be, be afraid to be shallow. Yeah, they'll, they'll go up there after that bait fish. There's no question about that. Tributaries are real good this time of year too, especially if you got an influx of water coming in off of them. I agree with that, and I uh, one of my favorite places to fish if I'm either on a, on a river or lake, either one. If you have a smaller river or creek that has water running, 
out of it. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite places to fish is right at the mouth where that water is entering the big water. Especially if there's a ledge right there too. And uh, a lot of times you'll notice two different colors of, of water, the stained water and the, the water that's a little more clear. And for some reason, uh, bait will be in there right on the transition period between between the two colors of the water, and you can usually catch the fish right there. Yeah. Yeah, we found that out uh, on the Wheeler Tail Race right there where uh, – I can't remember what creek comes in right there, but coming out of the creek was really muddy. And right there down that line, it was like they would come out of the muddy water and ambush into the clear. We, we was drifting right inside the clear water, right next to the muddy, and it was a distinct line. And it, I mean, they were just busting it right in there. We found that out last year. It was pretty cool. Yeah, and this is one of my usually find a lot of bait and plays like that. I said, do you usually find a lot of bait fish in there in that transition phase, Chuck? Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we would throw the net right up in the creek, right up, you know, where it, uh, not right on the transition point, you know, because it's pretty deep right in there. But, you know, there was a lot of bait right there in the opening of that creek. Killer. What's that? Yeah, they'd be killer, uh, especially in low current or no current situations. They'd be excellent. You can go through there, turn around, go back up two or three times, especially if you're marking quality fish or numbers of fish. Uh, them things are amazing. I, we, we've used them all summer, and and uh, they are a great asset. Um, we're running, of course, we're running the church boards and uh, can run small baits on the smaller boards. And uh, it amazed me the walleye size boards, which what are they, dock 10 inches or something like that, to hold up a big chunk of bait and six or eight ounces. But if you want to use half a skipjack uh, or the whole thing and, and put your 10 or 12 ounces of weight on it, you can put that TX44 out there and you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah, and don't be. Don't be uh, shy about downsizing. Uh, they'll take them small baits this time of year. That's correct. That's correct. I know you're excited about that that uh, rear planer board that we run out the back. It looks like a cone. That thing is just uh, its amazing how that thing works, and it'll keep you right where you want to be. Yeah. I just like it for the fact that the lines don't cross it in front, you know, they stay straight back behind the boat. I just see a lot of potential right. for that, uh, especially if you got them boards yeah, absolutely. out the side. Yep, yep. I, I, I think uh, for us, uh, the 10-foot-long rods is Probably going to be a thing of the past. We're able to reward. I see no reason to have over a seven and a half, eight foot uh, rod because you don't need it to set your pattern. Even with that, you can't get it like you can at the painter board. And uh, we run them boards down there in Memphis on the pretty hot current. Yeah. Yeah. They, they went out quick. Boy, that, uh, that one, that cone. I can't remember what they called it. What do they call it? Stern planer. It uh, that thing you could put that all a long ways back. I see a lot of potential with that one. Are you talking? Yeah, that stern planer, that cone shaped planer board. Right. Yeah, the stern planer. Yeah. Put that way way out behind the boat if you want to. Boy, you, you could 
run it way back here. And it's not going to move right away. We have quite a bit of weight on that, too. And uh, uh, as far as the coolest about it is you can run it as far behind the boat as you now. If I'm running boards, I want to be able to see them. I don't want them so far out that I can't see uh, the visibility as important as the job. Yeah. But uh, I like to watch them, and, and uh, with those uh, church boards, you can set them up to Uh-oh, we losing? Look like it. He dropped off. Yeah, those uh, TX-44s, what are they, 14 inches? Yeah, I think that's what they are, yeah. They're, they're fairly large board. So you can see them fairly good when they're when they're out there on behind the boat, can't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and we had them. We had them ways back behind the boat. And we y'all were suspending with them or dragging with them? No, we were suspending with them. We had like eight ounces of weight and skipjack head on the back side of it, and just sitting there watching them cut. The one time we were anchored down, and uh, we just, you know, uh, put them out there and just steered them where we wanted them. So, so what kind of depths would y'all use if y'all were in like, uh, if the water uh, depths was changing from, you know, 45 to 30, like that, would y'all just put them at about 25 foot and go with it? Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's what I would do. Okay. I, you know, I, I was thinking about, you know, dragging would be awesome with them, you know, because, you know, that it's so easy to get tangled up. Um you know, especially when you're when you're trying to stay on certain contours and hit certain structures that you have planned to go over, um, you know, having them spread out further and having your two <laughs> rods that are close together staggered better. Um, you know, I was thinking dragging with them would be pretty good, but I just don't know how bad it would be getting hung up a lot. Yeah, it depends on, you know, the weight that you're using and that kind of stuff. One thing, uh, Chuck, any kind of, uh, any kind of uh, dragging weight system uh, in uh, Memphis and uh, Owensboro, both aquas, we was using use dragon tail things and uh doc had made some really short ones and uh, they worked out extremely well uh, i was pretty impressed with those uh i had went and got some of the uh uh clear uh hose i believe that it was uh from home supply but it was clear and of course i had a lot of lead shot so I put my eyes together, and it was considerably longer, but we only had them hung, what? Yeah, we only lost one rig the whole time. It's the uh, whole time we were fishing at, you know, Owensboro and uh, Memphis. We only lost one rig dragging, so. Were y'all hitting some pretty heavy structure also? Yeah. Yeah, we especially in Owensboro, we were dragging through some, we were dragging through trees, we were dragging over top of rocks, and and it was working its way right through it. What size uh, floats were you using on your leaders? Uh, them bottom dwellers. I don't uh, think Lyle was even using. You weren't even using any floats, were you, Lyle? On part of them, I was using the camels. Uh, the day sales and uh, on the, a couple of those we didn't use any. Uh, we tried to work the, uh, uh, 
balloon thing. In fact, I never could get it just right. It seemed like it was going too high or too low, so I don't have to work on that. I really think that's a great idea. Uh, once you figure out, and the size of the, and the amount of air you put in that balloon has something to do with the size of the bait you're doing. You're going to have to figure that out. Yeah. Sales, uh they work really well. And then you get up plumbing in. So what what weight was y'all getting y'all's dragon tails? Y'all yeah, getting three and four ounces on your dragon tails? Yeah. Yeah, I had about three ounces on mine. Mm -hmm. I wanted mine a, just a little bit lighter. I want the I, of I didn't want it. I didn't want it. It was a little bit stiffer, and I didn't want it, you know, just you know, at an angle. It kind of stood up on its end. And would pop along. You could you could see the movement on the rod as it was working its way through the stuff. Cool. So I how, do how, think how, that the longs will go to rush better. Yeah. Yeah, because they'll they'll they'll, they'll work right over top of it. You know, just. So how long were y'all making the longest ones? Uh, my longest one was 18 inches. And and so the the, the air that's tra trapped in them makes a lot of difference. Yeah. That'll make it either, you know, when you go to put it in the water, you can see how it wants to, you know, if, it'll, if it lays over on its side or if it's kind of stands straight up. Cool. So the, the shorter ones, that's what, you know, if you're going to drag spots that don't have a whole lot of structure, you know, mostly mud flats and stuff like that, yeah. they work out a lot better for those. Yeah. Especially if you're going through uh, muzzle beds, if you, you know, where you're going across the zebra beds or, or just even the bigger muzzle bed because it'll just sit there and tap along. What I ended up using on mine was air hose. It's just three eighths ounce. There's three eighths inch air hose, and it worked so, out really well. Oh yeah, yeah. I think we only lost one rig. I think all during that time we only lost one rig. What what's the what's the cheapest mo most economical shot y'all found to uh to weigh them down with? Just regular buck shot from the sporting goods store. Well, what I ended up having is I had. Uh, round lead balls. I have no idea where they came from, but I got a whole bunch of those, and I I would put ten of those in a dragging rig, and, and just until you get about four ounces in there, three or four ounces, and then yeah, something like that. I measured it out. It was it was like three four ounces with ten of those in there, but they they didn't move around. They were solid. You know, I had to tamp them down inside there. Okay, so when you're using those rigs, um, do you also have to adjust how much uh, weight you put in them uh, for how much air do you have in it? Do you think those would actually float? They would float if they didn't have any uh, lead in them at all, correct? Correct. Okay, so if you've got, if you've got, if you're making them yeah. longer, you, you might want to put more lead in them to keep them from floating up off the bottom. Yeah, well, I don't know. They they, we were thirty five, forty foot of water, and they were they were ticking. They were always on the bottom. Cool. Yeah, I didn't know how much I had to experiment with. I was wanting to make some longer ones, and I want to put as least amount in there as possible. But I want to make sure that the air don't bring them up off the bottom either. So no, uh, it's they'll they'll definitely stay down because right now this. this this is the time of year I like to really drag, and I like to get, especially if I'm fishing a lake, uh, and the, even a, even the river. Uh, I'll get out there and I'll throw that, and I put it way out behind the boat. It is way out behind the boat, so that I've got a different angle. You know, I like the rods up high in the rod holder. That way, I've got a different angle, approach angle, as that bait is drifting they're being drug along 
and you and you want to go as slow as you can because the fish now right now aren't as aggressive as they were a month ago. Right, and you know I was I was using uh, you know balloons on my my leader, uh, you know, and I had a big old bait, you know, probably a, a half a skipjack, big skipjack, and so I. I blew the balloon up not quite the size of a baseball and that's really way too much it had my bait way off the bottom yeah um, and i and i was using a uh, a three or four ounce uh pencil sinker and um you know just just by blowing that balloon up the size of a baseball is a huge i had to go back down about the size of a golf ball and uh it it seemed to have when I put my bait down in the water beside the boat, going the speed that I was going to go, it acted like you know it was still it was still bringing that uh, bait up pretty high, being a little bit bigger than a golf ball. It was doing really good. Yeah, but the size of a baseball, it probably would have had it up back there on the top of the water, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's that's a big difference. Yeah, yeah, because see, I use those uh, David Ashby bottom dweller those co-mill bobbers that's what i put on mine and they're you know they're slightly smaller than a golf ball yeah yeah they work really well i like those and uh i've been uh, i've been using those double action hooks for my my stingers and that's really paid off man um you know the more i was thinking about it when i was missing fish you know they're doing a lot of pulling and yanking you know at the time they're doing all that short bite and they're really not doing anything slow enough that a circle hook seemed like it's going to work correctly um you know so i would put that stinger hook down there and i i got those charlie browns um and and using like number number eight charlie browns as my stinger and i'm catching a whole lot of fish on that stinger hook um when, when they go to short bite it real quick they, they've been it's been catch catching them pretty good yeah you know and i still got that big number 10 up there if they want to try to if a big one hits and tries to engulf the whole bait you know that big circle hook up there to do its job and then that little stinger down there for when they're just messing around with it. It's been, uh, it's been getting a hold of them pretty good. What else you guys do prepare for your fishing and cold weather fishing? What's that line? I say, what else do you guys try to do for winter and cold weather fishing? Uh, I, I always downsize my baits. Uh, I'll, I'll try to stick one big head out of there, but then the rest of the time, my baits, you know, aren't no bigger than my thumbnail. Uh, I'll use real small baits. I don't know. I've caught a lot of big fish just on them little. Is a lesson I learned off of Willie Smith. I watched that guy bring in some big fish, and he's only using nail-sized baits. And it kills me to downsize. Oh, man, I, I, like, to, I like to put as big a bait on as I can, and I just don't, I don't like to downsize them, but here in the last couple of years, I've been just forcing myself to downsize just to see if it makes a difference, and it does. Big time. It, uh, there's a, I can't remember the guy's name. He's a school teacher out of Arkansas, and him and his daughter come to Wheeler, you know, during spring break and fish. Uh, you know, he's caught a couple of hundred pounders, you know, by the new plant and stuff. Well, he was down a few years ago when he was below Wheeler down on Wilson. Um, and he caught 
a 104 pounder on a piece of skipjack the size of your thumbnail. Yeah. Yeah, he said they couldn't, you know, he, he kept using bigger baits, kept downsizing, cutting small little pieces. Not downsizing the hook, just the bait. Put that small right. little piece in there. Bam. Caught that 104-pounder, man. I'm like, unbelievable. Now, down below Wilson Dam, the lower end of Wilson Dam, uh, that's my favorite area to fish down there just because it's more like the Ohio. You know, it's, it's 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 built more like the Ohio River. You know, you got the channels and stuff like that, and it looks like a river. It's not like when you go back up on uh, the lake and it's all wide open. And so, yeah, that when you went up to uh, Kingston, it was kind of like that up in that area too, right? Yeah, it's like the yeah, it's like the Ohio, except there no there was. Uh, all the times I fished there, there's never been any current, none. Right. Yeah. You know, that, we're, we're out there dragging in baits, and you know we're we're uh, dead sticking baits. But uh, the bigger fish that we caught this past this year, all came off of the dragon rigs, way out behind the boats. Uh, but why, why do you think that? Do you think the boat and the noise and the shadow the boat puts off may disturb the fish a little bit? And by the time the boat moves out of the way, the, the fish may be relaxed and come back in? Either that or it's, uh, you know, they can track it easier because, you know, I've got them way out behind the boat and I'm just kind of easing along. Because we were only going about 0 0.3, 0 0.4 mile an hour. Uh, because I was into a wind. I had a headwind pushing into the boat. So, uh, in fact, I had drift socks out on both sides of the boat so that I could keep control of the boat because the wind was blowing into the boat, into the nose of the boat. I used the drift socks to keep the boat from, you know, how the, how the wind will try to move your boat around. And it gets it a little bit sideways, but if you have those drag, those big uh, drift socks on there, it keeps that boat locked in place, and it's easier for my Rodan to keep control of the boat. It doesn't want to move around on me. Yeah, I've done that uh, quite a bit, and you know, I've spot locked. I threw my uh, drift stock out the back, and. I've actually been so stable it was it was almost like having an anchor out, and I've I've actually casted and tight lined out behind the boat uh, like I was anchoring, um, with pretty good success uh, with slight crosswinds. Yeah. Well, even on a heavy wind, I'll put that drift sock out on the whatever side the wind is hitting on the boat. You put that drift sock out there, and it'll lock it down. It won't allow that backside of that boat to move around on you. So in the fall, if you're you know moving along real slow, the the wind will have a big effect on trying to push that boat because you don't have enough speed to kind of keep that boat in place. But you put a a drift sock out on that windward side where it's hitting, it'll lock that boat and it'll allow, it actually will allow you to work a ledge parallel to a ledge, or if you're working a shoreline. Uh, with a planer board, you know it'll it'll keep it right there for you. It don't. Uh, when the wind, if the wind uh, stops blowing for a while, does that does the drift sock like sink? Uh, yeah. Or, yeah. It it'll start easing down. And that don't affect anything. It's right there to work yeah. again when it needs to. Yeah. It just it just adds a little bit of drag to your uh, your trolling motor has to work a little bit harder because uh, the the socks I've got on my boat are 54 inches across, so they're pretty wow. big. Yeah, they're yes. big. They're big bags. But I got a 24 foot boat too. Right. So it takes a lot to, you know, keep that thing where I want it. But, but this is the first year that I caught a flathead dragon. I've never caught a flathead dragon, and I caught that 45 pounder, and he wasted that rod when he hit it. 
Yeah, I bet that was pretty exciting because uh, I've I've never caught one drifting or dragging. Yeah, that's a that's been the first one that I've caught like that. I've never caught a flathead drifting, uh, but and but drag this year with the dragon definitely. I, I was really into that. That's all we were doing it in Kingston was uh, dr just dragging a lot of baits. You know, we had four behind the boat. And then we'd have two or three out the side dead sticking. So. Now, in the wintertime, actually, in the fall, when it cools down, I've gone to the Cumberland River, and we'll anchor down. You know, and we just keep moving and keep moving, move from spot to spot. Uh, but then when I fish to Cumberland, I'm, I'm using, you know, you can go right there to power plant and get your fresh skipjack. And then, you know, I'm, I'm sticking out 17, 18 inch skipjacks. You know, I'm just whacking the tail off, sticking the whole thing out of there. Yeah. But generally this time of year, all, all I'm hunting for is trophies. You know, I'm just trying to. My bucket list is a hundred pounder. I don't know if I'll make it or not. So I keep trying. Uh, but when when do you usually start downsizing your bait? Do you keep watching the water temperature, or or when yeah. do you know when to downsize? When it gets usually, what I do is about forty forty five degrees, and I start you know downsizing. At least at least one of my rods is downsized. If I'm fishing on the Ohio, in Ohio we're only allowed to use two rods per person. So if I if I'm anchored down, you know I have one rod that's got a big bait on it, and then I will have another rod that's got a small bait on it. And and you keep changing over gradually to what's working. Yeah, yeah. If I, if I fall upon a pattern that I think there's, you know, you, you know, uh, skipjack heads are one of my favorite baits. The bigger, the better. Uh, the one thing I've learned to do with the skipjack heads is hook them through that bottom, the bottom part of their jaw and then bring it out to the top. If you open their mouth, their mouth opens up, it's going to worship all the scent, everything that that head holds it's going to just wash it out and you know it doesn't take very long but if you keep your mouth closed then uh, you know it it also kind of streams that head if you're dragging or if you got current you know it'll sit there and waver up and down right yeah I, um, I was listening to Steve Douglas talk about you know if he's dragging um, you know he'll he'll hook his heads like that, but if he's if he's going vertical dead sticking, he hooks them the other way. The cut is through the shoulder. Yeah. Um. And and it's uh, it's been uh working very well for me. I started hooking it like talking to Brent uh, Riddle. Um. You know, going vertical, and my hookup ratio has got a lot better uh, by hooking it there. Uh, you know, because he was telling me that you want that bait to come off of that hook and, you know, going in that bottom lip and out the top, you can't pull it off there if you had to hardly. The blue cats yeah. get it off there somehow if, they, if you, you know, pull real hard. But, um, you know, most of the time when I would miss those fish, I mean, sometimes I would, I would fight them for, you know, for a while, you know, 10 or 15 seconds, and all of a sudden my bait would come loose. I still got the bait on the hook. Um, and they were just holding on the whole time, really. Um, the circle hook never got over to do what it was supposed to do. You know, he told me to hook it different. Yeah. So when they bite down like they do on your hand, that bait will come off that hook, and that hook's in their mouth freely and able to get over there and do what it needs to do without the, the without the uh, bait getting in the way. Um, you know, and that's really been working good. So dragging you need to put it in the in the lips so it'll be aerodynamic and won't be spinning around and, and acting all erratic 
twisting your lineup and everything. I can see what that would really help. Yeah, last fall I I had a big blue on, and uh, I think Bink and I were fishing together, and uh, we, you know, he eased the rod down, and then then he slammed it, and when he slammed it. You know, I grabbed a rod, and this is the only bad part about a circle hook. You know, I just reeled down on him, you know, pulled back. And I told Bink, I said, this is a good fish. So the water was fairly clear, and he kind of popped up probably about 50 yards behind the boat. And then he saw the big old tail come up out of the water, and then he took a big dive down. He got probably, I'd say, 20 feet from the boat. It was to the point where I could see his eyes. And I swear this fish had been caught before because he he took one look at me and then opened his mouth and that head was flat as can be and that hook he had mangled he put that hook down inside he had bit down on so hard that it the hook had embedded in the head he was never hooked the whole time <laughs> and he just as soon as he seen me in the boat and Bink Bink had the net and it probably wasn't more than 10 feet from him and he just kind of opened his mouth let that bait slide out and then he just kind of eased back backwards and disappeared i looked at bank i said that fish had been caught before he knows what he's doing <laughs> yeah they're smart a lot smarter than we think they are yeah yeah that's uh you know when we was out pre-fishing before the tournament at the lay um super event um you know we was tying some baits on and i was actually using some live bait clips to hold my bait on my line um because we didn't want to stick no hooks in them and they were actually holding rods down than i thought they would um you know not using hooks we would actually reel down on them and the rod would stay bent um you know, you you can you're almost knowing you're moving the fish. That's how far I was reeling down on them, and then, yeah. you know, and then they would eventually just let go of that bait. And, were you uh, using those eye socket clips? Yeah. On? Is that what you were using? Yeah. Yeah, I use those. Um, I put them in the eye sockets, and if the bait's big enough, I put it in their nostrils. Um, Saltwater yeah. guys use those, don't they? Yeah, the name of them is uh, Live Bait Clips is the uh, website, www.livebaitclips.com. Yeah. Um, they're really good. You know, you got your hooks not into the bait if you're using one hook. Um, I still, you know, use, use a stinger hook about as long as the bait is a lot, a lot of times, and I'll try to put a stinger back around the uh, tail behind the dorsal fin somewhere. Um you know, just right up under the skin, not deep at all. Yeah. Um, I try not to hit the backbone so I won't paralyze them. Um, but just go far enough under the backbone to where, you know, I'm not hitting anything that's really going to mess them up. Um, and they, they've they been living a, lo a long time that way. Uh, yeah, they yeah. call that bridling, don't they? Yeah. I had that uh, last week. Uh, well, yesterday I had a. Uh, I fished for three and a half hours. I went to three different spots, and one of my rods. I had one of my uh, bluegills rigged that way. Every time I would move, I would stick him down in my bait tank, and he was live and finicky, the whole all day. I used that same brim on one rod all day. Yeah. So we and I was putting him down some places. Where I was putting him down as far as uh, one place I was fishing was sixty-five foot deep. I put him that deep, and um, wow. and I had to bring him up pretty fast one time because the uh, game warden come up to check the boat and wanted me to reel the rods up on on this one side, and that was the side that had that big gill on it. Um, you know, so I had to reel him up pretty fast, and I thought for sure that would kill him. Uh, bringing him up that fast, but I, I put it up in the 33-degree position in the rod holder, you know, to where he was like a, just a couple inches underwater um, and, and swung the uh, the rod holder around so it is out of the way of the game warden's boat, and he sat there and flipped on top of the water the whole time they were checking my boat. 
and it, it didn't affect him at all bringing him up that fast. Hmm. Wow. Well, what gills are pretty hard to fish, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're really tough. Right now, they're hard to get here in Ohio because the water's cooled down. I think they move out in the deeper water. They're not up in the shallows like they normally are. Yeah, we was catching them uh, on a railroad bridge, uh, one piling out from the bank. So the, the, fir the first... Up, bridge piling, we was we was catching them right up against that. So it was around uh, you know fifteen twenty foot. Um, we were letting the uh, red worms just sink real slow without weights on them. They 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 were just hitting them after they would get down there. You know five or six foot, they were nailing them, or you know sometimes they would sink for you know, 30 seconds, never known them. So they were at all different depths down the side of that uh, pile and just, you know, feeding on whatever's down through there. Hmm. But we, we was, yeah, we was throwing the throw net around them. And uh, I mean, we was just getting, I mean, slab crappies, uh, you know, two, two and a half pound crappies, uh, four, four and six at a time. Um, we never could get any real good bait uh, throwing the net. All we was getting was big crappies. I always get excited when I get them because uh, I think they're shad. Until I, I start too. seeing the, I start seeing the, <laughs> the dots up along their backs. Oh, yeah, I'm the same way. But, I'm always uh, looking for that black spot that's right there on their head. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, we said we can't use crappie down here. Um, no. Mm -mm. And uh, they're, they're a really good bait in the states that allow you to use them. And I really don't like that because, you know, we can, I can catch a mess of crappie and I can clean them, fillet them, and I can take the waste and throw them out in the lake in front of my house at the end of the pier in the water. But I can't take them fish parts and put them on the hook. And that's that's a waste of resource to me, you know. But I can go catch, a, um, you know, a, a, a bait tank full of bluegill after I clean those crappie and go waste those, which I could have used the crappie instead. But, you know, they're saying you can't use game fish, so it's just a waste to me. But I guess there's no way you could prove that, you know, you used them uh, from your waste or if you just caught them and, Right. Caught them in a net and cut them up, so there's probably no way to because you can't even have fillets in a boat here. You can't fillet as you catch because there's no way for they can really tell what your krill limit is if you've got fillets in the boat. Um, yeah. They want you to have whole fish. Um, and you know, some of the lakes right in here, the uh, Neely Henry and Weiss Lake, they're really good crappie lakes. You can't use but three rods per angler while you're crappie fishing on those two lakes. So they're really picky about their crappie in Alabama. I mean, it's a huge sport fish. I wish they got like that about catfish here. It'd be exciting. Yeah. They, don't even have, they don't even have a limit on catfish under 34 inches. You can, if you can catch 4,000 a day, you're allowed to keep them as long as they're not over 34 inches. Wow. Well, let me throw a little bit of teaser out there for a few people. Um, guys that are Sea Arc owners, I have come up with a retrofit filtering system that can be used on your Sea Arc boat. Probably can be used on any boat. But uh, the one that I've built and designed is strictly for that 30-gallon front live well that is uh, on the Sea Arc boats. Uh, the one I built is for my 240, and I know the same 
I believe the same tank is on the 220 CR. So in the next couple of weeks, everybody kind of tune in to Catfish Weekly, and I'll be going over it. But in the meantime, I'll just give a here's a preview. It's not very big, and that's what makes it nice. But this attaches to the lid on the Sea Ark boat, and that's my teaser. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I, I, mean, I really think that this uh, it's a DIY thing, you do it yourself. Uh, everything you can get at Lowe's and uh, out of your wife's shower. Uh, the thing, <laughs> so Lynn, Lynn hasn't noticed that a few of her things are missing out of the shower yet. So, but in the next couple of weeks, we'll go over there. What's that, Lyle? As if she'll put this on her head, she'll take off. Yeah, she, she'll be knocking me in the head. <laughs> but yeah, I'll stay tuned for Catfish Weekly in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and I'll kind of go over the details on this thing. What do you do? Disappear on us again, Chuck? Uh, probably. I got noti yeah. notifications popping up. There, oh, is. He's there he is. He's coming back. <laughs> In and out, Lyle, huh? I keep losing connection. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, guys. This is kind of a tough day. So, uh, yeah. I don't have anything for closing statements, and uh, you guys can close her on up, and when you're done, We'll see everybody next Monday night. Maybe things will be a little bit easier, better for. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really have any closing statements either. I have, uh, you know, the little twenty-five dollar tournament coming up on Wheeler uh, Saturday that they they just started throwing together this morning. Um, you know, then we got um, Winter Blues coming, so get ready for New Year's Eve for that. But for me, that's going to be the next tournament that uh, I'll be looking forward to. So I don't really have any closing statements. You got any? Um... I'll just give my docs tip for the night. Uh, oh. we're, we're in the fall weather transition right now. Uh, the water is starting to get cold, and the ramps are starting to get slick. So when you guys go to load and unload your boats, be real careful when you get down on that ramp because that algae is on there, and it, it is it is really slick. It's like ice. Uh, my tip for the night is uh, this time of year, carry an extra change of clothes, shoes, in the truck or boat because you know you can have an accident at any time falling that water, and uh, even though the water is at 60 degrees, it takes a little bit longer for hypothermia to to uh, set in, but it still can set in. So uh, that's my tip for the night. Carry extra clothes and, and uh, shoes and boots. And that's all I got. Good idea. Good idea. Excellent. Like I say, I don't have anything. We had a little, little surgery on the back today, so I'm not getting along too well. Oh, he's gone. Lost him again. Oh, there he's back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's that's got that's gotta be aggravating. It is. Them hotels, man, they they, they buy the cheapest package there is and, and they just don't have any any good connections in them most of the time. Yeah, it sucks the way I feel tonight after we had today. Anything is better than nothing at all. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So uh unless you guys get us something else. Yep, we're good to go, Lyle. Yep. For tonight, and I, I don't have 
Okay, I don't have my list for guests next week, but we do have a guest, and we'll post up on the website for Chef Davis and Doc. Thanks for watching Catfish Weekly. We'll see you next Monday night. Well, it says we're live, but we're going to be out. This is live. If it says live, it's still recording. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's still recording because I just seen you light one up on <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> you say me do it? Yeah, because I'm monitoring on the other channel. <laughs> I was fixing to. I looked and seen the yellow thing on there. Boy, it's not. It's not unlocking. No, if, if we all sign off, it'll quit. Just listen to you a minute. I wonder if it's I wonder if it's because you you got knocked off and back on. It still should let you be controller. Yeah, it's still recording because I'm watching it on YouTube. There's about a ten second delay on YouTube. Can you hear us live? He, he, there he goes. He's gone. He's still saying live though. It is. Let's just sign off, and if if we're all gone, it should sh it should quit, shouldn't it? Yeah. Okay. We'll do. All right, man. I'll click back on that link. <laughs> See what happens. It's still live. Yeah, as soon as it came on it, it was live. Wow. Is it still showing us on YouTube? Hang on, man. Yeah. Wow. So we were still recording with nobody on here. I don't see nowhere for me or you to stop it. I was in the control panel and it said. Uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, I'm just I'm in a moderated call. So. Right. Lyle's driving.
I'll move around here and see if it comes up on YouTube. Yeah, it's it's still recording. Wow. I don't know if we both sign off. It's just going to record nothing. Evidently. <laughs> you know, unless Lyle, all those, you know, where he was in and out, in and out, the original one is still linked up. So I'll give him a call, let him know that it's still live. Yeah. Yep, I'm watching us on YouTube now. Yeah, because you got your phone up there. I see you holding your phone up. Mm -hmm. Yep, that just came. <laughs> yeah, let's just, just sign off and uh, let him sign back on and see if, yep. if he you can just, shut it down. Yeah, it's, it's recording. Yeah. All right. Okay, I'll, I'll call him. All right.